Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is a podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. It is time once again for the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. We are right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place in the very red-glowing Buckatorium. This is episode number 175. My name is Steve. We're in Kurt's house. Kurt? What is up, everyone? Eric's here. Good morning. Fellas, it's hunting season. Everything's been uh, moving forward so fast. Uh, This is the first podcast we've got to do during hunting season. I'm super excited. I'm kind of lost... Uh, for words, I'm just kind of rambling at this point. I just <laughs> the season is underway. I know it's don't it, you do that yeah. all the time? I'm never at a loss for words. I just say a lot of stupid stuff. Well, we're back into where we're going to record the week, upload that week. Um, with my travel schedule for work, we were pre-recording and we had guests that you know. It's kind of you get to the point where we want to podcast with this person, this person, and this person. We the availability is there, so we record and then we release them at a later date. It's not something we usually do, but now we should be pretty current to the week of the episode. Yes. Um, so season is underway. We're just over a weekend. Um, awfully dang excited about it. So we got to sacrifice a night of podcasting for a night of hunting yep. for our love of podcasting. So Exactly. But 
Totally you know, worth hey, it. Totally worth you it. You can make sacrifices. Speaking of people who make sacrifices uh, for the good of this uh, podcast, our, uh, our good buddies over at Heroes Hunting, we've got some awesome news with those guys. They took uh, Gene out for a hunt. We'll get into that a little bit later, but those guys are all vets. We want to thank them for their service, first and foremost. Thank you for your service this country, guys. You know who I'm talking about, mainly you. The beautiful Patrick Perkins. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Gene and them and um, and Patrick in to talk on the podcast, talk about that hunt and the adventure they had, but pretty awesome. I don't know what Gene shot that antelope with, but it was a huge <laughs> gun. <laughs> I, I think it was yeah, a 300 was. wind mag, wasn't it? Yeah, no, something it was a, big. It was an, uh, I think it was an Armalite something or other. It was an assault rifle. <laughs> yeah. He, he assaulted the automatic bump stock. and that, Oh, too soon, too soon. Suppressor. But, uh, yeah, we also uh, couldn't do this podcast without uh, our wonderful partners over at Scent Crusher. Scent off, game on. If you don't have the room clean. Dude, I have been <laughs> using the hell out of my Scent Crusher <laughs> stuff. My bag, I ran two bags today. I ran my closet today, and I ran two room cleans in my house today. Dude. I run everything once a day, do you? at least. Oh, I yeah. got I got the roller bag, and, boy, you guys are fools for still having that tote bag. That roller bag has wheels. And I didn't know this until like oh, two, two days after having it. Yeah, dude, it's got like a zip and it's got a handle that pulls out. Steve's so pumped about that. Dude, it is dope. <laughs> hey, check out SyncCrusher.com. Awesome stuff over there. Um, elite Archery. Loving loving our elites. Eric's mm. already put his to work this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so absolutely loving them. I'm shooting the Tempo. I'm shooting the Option 6. I'm shooting the Option 7. Well, so far, the Option 7's pulled ahead. Boom. Yeah. But, I told you guys it would. Good job. But we'll get into why that is a little bit later. Okay. Oh, also, um, HHA Sports. Yep. Single Pin Nation, lifetime warranty on their sites, American-made, and they support our veterans. Check them out. Um, Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Which I already got to go see him, so I'm very proud no, of that. There you go. Yeah, you saw him a couple days in. Yep. Lucky bastard. Yep. But, uh, yep. yeah, good stuff there. I'm going to have a couple of Smith's Meatloafs tonight for dinner, so I'm awfully pumped about that. So, um, Steve, we're going to stick around to eat, right? No, yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, Sam's already uh, cooking and got the bottle of wine open. So. <laughs> Super thankful for all our supporters of the show, all the sponsors, everything they do for us. And uh, check them out. We, we, uh, you won't be disappointed. You'll enjoy each and every one of them, mm-hmm. guys. If we, if we hated what they do, we wouldn't support them. So. Exactly. And uh, we wouldn't want them to support us. So that's kind of what we're about. Um, I guess let's cut right into it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like the veteran shout first. That's nice. I... I, I think that uh, it should be first. Right? You know, we're, we're definitely going to. Yeah, we're going to. We're going to start time. putting our uh, vets. I mean, we do. We absolutely love what they do. Um, we love our vets very much, and uh, you know, we always get all these messages. Guys are like, "Oh man, we're super thankful for all you guys do," and it's like, "Damn it, we don't do enough." So we're going to start trying to do a little bit more. But that's the that's the new thing, I think. And we always like to change stuff up on you. You guys don't want the same exact formula over and over. Right. So we're going to hit you with something different. Should we give a little like shout it. out to uh, all the listeners out there Yeah, you know, that support us? And, yep. And everyone, like the new listeners doing. too, that are like, yeah. Hey, you saved my work day. And so we, we appreciate the hell out I of you. I mean, and you guys can give us a shout out by going to working class, bowhunter.com, going to the store, putting your credit card information in and just going nuts. I mean, you could do that. Buy everything. There's more stuff coming. We're supposed to have new gear in the store this week, but we're still waiting. That's Eric, all right. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Eric's honestly. a merchandise man. You better really figure that out, homeboy. I'm trying. Call him right now. Let's yeah. get him on the podcast. Get him on the phone. <laughs> like, where the, the hell, hell is, is going on? Is our stuff? We need it. 
I'm actually going to try um, today on the podcast. We're going to do a live. Um, I'm going to go Instagram live while we podcast. Normally, we've done Facebook lives before, but I'm going to do this to kind of interact. But we're going to talk about our season a little bit and uh, our season of what it is so far, and kind of cut into maybe some plans that we're trying to do or some deer we're trying to get mm-hmm. on and. And yeah, we'll just so kind of if people have around. random questions for us, we'll we'll take yeah. Yep. So <laughs> this is going to be theirs. So. I just hit the live button. So yeah. Instagram Live is pretty cool. Um, we'll see. You are now live, so it's going to kick in here. Kurt, you're going to have double duty trying to keep me calm and run that Instagram. I'm live running the phone time. and the computer, and Handy's running Steve. Got to keep you. Can, you, can you handle all that? This, this, big, this is a big test. This is probably a bigger test than if a 200 inch deer walked out in front of Kurt is this so are we live right now (laughs) yes okay there's two people watching you so oh fantastic oh the pressure's on i've got so let me do this so now we are podcasting we're actually on a podcast for everyone watching on instagram and sorry to everyone in podcast land because you're like what about me this is stupid i'm not involved (laughs) well you should have been paying attention so sorry about that um (laughs) so everyone on instagram live we are podcasting so if you'd like to chime in um yep four people we're all in here I do think this is something that we should do a little bit more. Is oh yeah, you know get we got to do involved just, in. But anyway, email us if people get questions. on and want to say shit to us, um, we'll try and involve you in the podcast. <laughs> make fun of Steve. Ask us questions. Yeah, make whatever fun you want to do. I doubt that's going to happen. So <laughs> we're just over a weekend in season. Eric's got mm-hmm. a deer down. Yes, and I guess I think we all have uh, deer that we want to kill on trail cam. Is that fair to say? <sighs> Yeah. I got multiple deers I want to kill on trail cameras. Deers. deers. Yeah, you had some uh, monsters, man. Some I daylight know. monsters. I know. You have two potential Boone and Crockett's in daylight. I know. And they're killing me. They haunt my freaking dreams at night. You can't really see Eric here. It's dark <coughs> oh, in here. We got okay. a faulty dimmer switch that's causing some feedback in the studio. <laughs> so we shut the lights off. We're going mood light. So, yeah, you're on the... Uh, you're. You're here with us via the light of the salt rock, the lava lamp, and the blood red sign from a dead deer so one of them you sent me pictures of one of those deer and i'm like holy crap that is a big one yeah he's daylight like at seven he was 726 at night which was daylight three four weeks ago right Mm yeah now not so much right but yeah i got two pictures of him one like a side view, like him looking straight, and one him looking away, and he is. Oh, I remember. Okay, yeah, I know which one you're talking about now. Wide as can be, as tall as can be. I don't even know how to explain it. Well, I, I'm I'm bummed at you that you haven't killed them yet. I've tried. Do you well, have any I more pictures of that deer than what you have? No, just those two. Because this property is really weird. It's real small, and it's out in the middle of freaking nowhere. But it's right by a major river, which is all bottom. So they kind of come up to this property, just like as a. Hmm like a pass through to get to the other the other side of the river so it's really weird once all the crops are gone all the deer just disappear so it's kind of my early season property once all the crops are gone i don't ever hunt it sure that's what i have like right now where i'm hunting is uh sorry everyone on instagram i'm kind of like quadruple tasking here um where i'm hunting i have a here you gotta flip it around where I'm, <laughs> there you go. Where you get the under selfie mode. So where I'm hunting, I have like a creek line, and all the way to the east, it's like a I don't know, it's less than an acre. It might be an acre mm-hmm. patch of timber, and then it's a uh, this just wood line along this creek and some CRP to the north. And I think all the deer are living in the crop. 
I have my cell cam is in the timber, right? And then I had another camera down to the west further, and they could be bedding the CRP, but I have this one buck that I just call him Freak Buck, just simply Freak Buck because I, I don't know. I think I'm just gonna start naming all my dear people names because people yeah. give them like all these creative names. I think it's funny just name animals like humans. But oh, dude, Ralph came out in the, the in the beans <laughs> yeah. today. Jonathan, I think is hilarious for a deer, <laughs> but uh, I had this deer showing up at his uh, his. His right side is just like at the at the pedicle of his antler is just a cluster and it's yep. just points going yep. everywhere and he's got one main beam that drops down and curves straight up and it's got it's like a, one G two. His like, other boom. side is like completely normal, right? Yeah, it's normal. Yep. It's normal, but I would say it's uh, I would say it's over the hill. So I would say I think he's an old deer. Mm-hmm. So he's probably if he had both sides were typical like his one side is, I'd say he's probably high 130s maybe but i think he's over the hill because he's just a tank all the way through just heavy body he's just yep. he's just a fat body like steve so he's you know he's you know he knows what he's doing you know he's or he a, thinks he knows what he's doing he's mature like wait that's not a true fact so, okay <laughs> yeah he's uh he's not anything like steve but he's uh you can just tell he's he's been around for a while mm-hmm. um so that's a deer that i'm trying to figure <laughs> out because there's nowhere for him to go you know what I mean? Except for the crop right now. And, he, I, and he's showing up like... Midnight. Every, he was showing up midnight every night. I got some pictures of him at 9 in the morning. That was before season, though. I have velvet pictures see. of him. So I'm wondering... I when, swear they know when season is. Well, they could. I, I have a, a lot of those daylights are before season. I have a few that are during season, but not as many before season. My theory is it's rained pretty much this all last week. Yep. And so a lot of the farmers quit quit thrashing or picking or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. The technical term. I call it thrashing. <laughs> thrashing. But, uh, the old corn thrashers. Yeah, they're not thrashing corn right now because of the rain. But I think the first day that uh, those fields that I'm in, because it's, it's corn to the south, beans to the north. I think the first day that all that corn's out, and then it's going to be a little while for beans to get picked because all this moisture. But... Once that crop, the corn crop is out, because I think he's bedding in there, and there's a couple willow ditches yep. in there that he's in. I think he'll be in that patch of timber that I'm in. You, you're seeing him. Yep. And I have there I have my stand, often. and that patch of timber is in. Uh, there, it comes to a pinch, like a bottleneck, and I have my stand right there, and that's where my cell Because he's pretty is. much showing up there every night, right? Mm, it's been sort of sporadically, like every few nights. Yeah, okay. he's there about midnight. But he's, I mean, still visiting the spot. But I think he's often. in there. Like, but if you looked at it from from like Google Maps, there's nowhere else for him to be. You know what I mean? Like the biggest, uh, the nearest chunk of timber that he could be living in, like a big chunk of timber, is several miles. Right. Which I'm not saying he can't. He's probably in there. He could be. But where where this little patch is at, that's isolated. He has food, bed, and water all in this in this little area. So he's comfortable there. Yeah. So I think until the rut or like a hot doe pulls him out of there, I think once that crops out, it goes dead after the crops out for a while. But I think there's like that one week stretch right after the crops out. I'll be in that patch, and I'm hoping he's going to be coming. Well, that's how that's how this property is that I have. Once the crops out, they'll stick around for like maybe half a week. They'll keep using it. And then it's like once a month they'll come by. Right, right. It's real, real sporadic. It's not very often they come through because the close timber is probably three-quarter miles to the east and three-quarter miles to the north. Mm. And everything else, there ain't a patch of timber within six miles in right. either direction. 
Well, I think my buck will use that timber, the little thing of timber there for cover. Because mm-hmm. now he can be in the corn anywhere. He could be in one of those low-laying like willow ditches with the corn crop, and you're never going to see him. Right. Whereas once that's all out, he'll be exposed. So I'm think I'm hoping he uses that little chunk of timber because it's thick timber. I'm hoping yeah. and there's the the creek that runs along in there. So he'll probably use that the water source, um, and it's all dammed up right now from a, a beaver, so it's deep. So I think he's going to use that with the correct wind. With a north wind, he'll use that to his advantage. Um, <laughs> And bed in there. What's the problem? What are you laughing at? Nothing. Shout it uh, out. What are people saying? Uh, so Ryan Fair was like, uh, he goes, when are you going to get more Go Shoot Your Bow shirts for fat guys? And uh, <laughs> they're, that's in, a, they're in the new order. Are you sure? Yeah. Dude, it was weird trying to run this and talk at the same time. I know. I told you. It's, it's Eric, Eric, you're going to get this. Oh, am I? That's yeah. why I feel bad for I didn't everyone. Know. I thought you were on you right now. Yeah, I'll no, take it. I'll take it. No, for I'm everyone just... that's listening in just podcast land, they're probably like, "Dude, this sucks." Yeah, it probably does. They're like, um, "Dude, this." Uh, yeah, no, I've um, I've, I've got I've got like a weird property that I've been uh, Southern Lease TV. Get on, yeah. man. We got the hats online. Yeah. Uh, I I finally started seeing a couple of a couple of other books like <laughs> popping up. Yeah, what? Yeah, There's what all these here? in here that you weren't even mentioning. Like hosses. Like, did you wink at me, Steve? Yeah, it, dude. You guys were talking. <laughs> I was getting ready to get to that. How often do y'all have to deal with poachers or trespassers? Um, uh, I had a, I had an episode this spring of a poacher. Just people talking in the neighborhood of my property, but I never heard of for sure. Like people were actually poaching. You know that ground blind that I put in? You just cut Eric off. Yeah. No, that, you're going. Go ahead. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Yeah, I was done. You know that ground blind that I had? I haven't seen it. And it I went, blew away. No, I went back and like, I don't. I don't think it did. I didn't go that far into the timber. Did I you walked anchor out it down. Yeah, he just sets it up with no stakes. <laughs> <laughs> just sets it right on top of the dirt. No, dude, I anchored her down and like I even tied it off. With Why all is Steve ropes. lost for words? He always is. <laughs> um, dude, I seriously. I, lo- I, I walked over there and looked, and it was like one of the. Uh, I think it was only the third time I got out, got to get out and hunt this week or this uh, this season. <laughs> I went over and looked at. It, I go, what the hell is that blind? And I just. Are you sure what you didn't put it in a different spot? No, I remember exactly where I put it, and I went to go, and I just I was I was walking by. I looked over there, and I didn't see it. I'm like, man, I'm not going to look for that. I gotta I gotta hunt while you're gonna I can. walk by it next spring and be like, oh, that's where I put it. No, I know exactly <laughs> where it was at. Uh, we had a oh shout out here. Um, can you all shout out my friends Nate B and Craig G who listen and tell them I'm going to shoot a deer before both of them this year? You will because yeah. you're on here. Yeah. Nate B and who? Nate, Nate B and Craig G. Oh, Nate B and Warren G. Nate B and Craig G. Go kill a deer. All right, kill it before <laughs> your buddy. Your buddy's your buddy's putting you down. You better go kill that deer before they do. All right, I think we're gonna tone out this uh, Instagram live because it's. Uh, I feel like it's distracting us. You're too distracted. Look, we just stay the course, Kurt. Here, Eric, run this thing. Okay, I Eric, got it. Run that thing. Yep. So. I got that deer. We're going to try and make that happen. Getting back on track to what we're talking about. Other than that, I have uh, one farm that's got some good deer on it. Um, one thing I do want to talk about, I just bought a new stand, a new stand set. Me and my oh, dad, yeah. me and my dad ordered them. It's, um, we did this because we're on a new farm and it's always important to be mobile. And that's how I kill a lot of my deer is I'm, we'll basically take a stand down if we need to and move it where we're seeing deer mm-hmm. or if a wind's changing mm-hmm. and you don't have a, sometimes you might have a weird wind and you're like, 
I'm hunting tomorrow regardless. So you hang a stand for that wind. Yeah. Um, so we lo- looked up, just type in portable pack-in tree stands. And, of course, you have your lone wolves that pop up, which is a great stand. But they're, I don't know, what's a whole kid alone with 500-some bucks with the sticks? Ooh, Four I, sticks and a lone wolf? I have no idea with if you buy it all together. It's pricey. They're awfully proud of them. It's a good, great product, though. Like, I, I have a couple lone wolves, but I didn't feel like spending $500. Yeah, right? right. So we looked up and we found the stand's X stand. Um, and it's just X stand is the brand. And... uh I wasn't even familiar with them. I guess they'd been around for a while. Uh, Kip Campbell uses them, mm-hmm. um, which his commercials are hilarious for him, oh, by yeah. the way. I looked them up. Um, but I bought the, it's called the Backcountry Combo, and it's the stand and four sticks, and it weighs 20 pounds or less it's, than 20 pounds. It's nuts how light that thing is because, you know, really you were out awesome. here, and a lot of the stuff, dude, you open it right from the package. I was here when you opened it. Uh, most of the stuff's already put together, all the sticks and I mean, there's certain things you do have to do, and there's a couple of straps and bungees that you can learn how to, uh, you got to figure out how to to put on there. But, you know, you put that thing together, I'm like, dude, there's no way that thing weighs 20 pounds. And you were like, put it on your back, and I was like, damn, dude. Yeah, so the four sticks, they bungee. It's two sticks bungee on top of each other side by side, and then you use the ratchet strap that goes... Um, to the stand to hold the top end of the sticks in, and the bottom have these two bungee, like literally like a bungee cord thing that wraps around each end, and that keeps it tight, and it's pretty damn silent. And then, you know, it's got the backpack straps. Sure. And then when you hang it, the sticks hang just like any other stick or like the river's edge sticks, the grip sticks that we talk about uh, with the one strap, and it's got like the loop that goes around like the uh, like the eyelet, I guess. And then... um Basically, when you go up and you to attach the stand, there's a hitch system that has two li- eyelets on each end. You strap that in, and then you take your stand, and it's like a, just like a hitch on your truck. It slides over the hitch, and then there's a hitch pin, and then you take the straps for the backpack straps and ra- wrap those around the tree on the bottom and buckle it together and cinch them tight. It's pretty slick. Yeah, it's a slick little setup. I hung mine last Sunday, but I put I, I added five sticks. I put uh, at the bottom. Jesus. I put a a river's edge crip stick and I gapped them out to where I gapped them out to where you're kind of like monkey barring it to where between each stick, you're like, pull yourself kind of pull up yourself the next up bar. A little bit. Yeah, sure. And then I'm pretty proud of myself because I used for the first time ever. I, I put a lifeline on a stand boy, and <clears throat> it's pretty awesome. I I'm going to use them probably a lot more. Little, yeah. I'm a little shout out here to tall feller 454. Enjoy listening to the podcast while we were on the mountain in Colorado. That is awesome. Nice. Yeah, I think I'm going to get Did some you kill those, anything uh, in Colorado? We'll ask him about uh, that. I, I think see. I'm going to get uh, a couple of them lifelines. Uh, you know, this uh, last weekend was like the first full weekend that we could hunt, and my uh, my old man uh, fell off a roof. And he got banged up pretty good. I mean, it's a lot of like the typical um, injuries that if you fall out of a tree stand, and we were kind of worried about him for a while, you know, spleen, ribs uh your spleen's gone ribs are all broke you know you b- broken back but um you know it's one of those reminders and it dude it was really tough to try and get in the stand i saw him oh yeah yesterday. that'd be scary that's super traumatizing so yeah i saw him and he was uh you know i, I don't want to go into too much detail but you know I, I was finally able to talk to him i hadn't talked to him since saturday when it happened he'd been sedated and it was only a 12 foot fall now granted he did fall into some cement and he's a he's a bigger guy 59 years old <laughs> But Jesus Christ, man, you know, you just think about you're up 20 feet, you know, you could land on like, if you've got a, especially a tree that's got a big root on there, man, it could, it could really mess you up. And 
Yeah, getting uh, like probably I think it was Monday or Tuesday. I had to end up getting on a roof for work, and that was pre-traumatizing. Then getting in a stand, it was like uh, it, it was one of those moments that you know you get in there and you get right up to it, and you look at it. You know, right like right when I climbed up, I looked at the stand and I like froze for a second. I was like, you know, you got to get it together because you can't just freeze and back out because then you put yourself into you right. know, a bad situation. But I got in there. I got set and, uh, you know, I just kind of sat there and thought about the world for a couple minutes. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, being safe at all times is, is really critical. And, you know, when you put yourself into situations like you, you know, putting them super high stands up, dude, always, always have a fucking safety harness on. Is, yeah. Be as safe as you can. For sure. Um, because. You ever almost fell out of a stand? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like Steve was talking, when something traumatizing happens like that, um, someone close to you, you kind of stop and actually think about what you're doing, you know, before you just climb the tree, clipped in, whatever. Well, like Doug Schmidt, where he's on on the show quite a a bit, and uh, I think it was two or three years ago, he was climbing into his tree without a lifeline before he was hooked in and slipped and fell out of the tree 20 feet, broke uh, his pelvic bone two vertebrae in his back and it's like okay it kind of wakes you up a little bit and get, i actually need to think about what i'm doing here right, yeah. and take precautions you know i mean and don't let the price tag of those fool you because i mean you know you can get i think they're like 40 bucks a piece but you figure if you have 10 or 12 stands if you're lucky <coughs> 10 or 12 of them is going to be way cheaper than that hospital bill will oh, for sure. it'd be cheaper for than sure. a funeral I saw them at Farm and Fleet. You could buy like a four pack. It's like 60, 60 bucks on sale. That's the best sixty bucks you can ever. I mean, that's gonna be cheaper than your deductible too for the well, hospital. When you stuff. buy some of the nicer stands, or I think now when you buy a harness, it comes with uh, it comes with the lifeline. I think a lot of times. Some and, of them uh, do yes. I've always yeah. just threw them, I always threw them aside and just took the strap that you put up in the tree. Mm-hmm. So when you climb, I just go up and climb and hook up in the tree. I don't, yeah, I'm that's not, that's what st- I do now. I don't have yeah. any lifelines, but I think you can eat, actually find like at the end of the season, you can find them on sale for as cheap as like 20 bucks. Yeah. And there's those, uh, you know, every time you buy a tree stand, they do throw a harness in and they throw the, uh, the, like your tie off tether. Yep. Um, you always and- keep those. I, and I keep them all because I throw them up. But the thing about those are they're usually not the not the real nice ones where you can get a carabiner and, and clip to you. Sure. It's yep. um, and the one I got I'm not really liking as much because it's two plastic coated um, pieces of metal and like you got to like tilt one at an angle and get it in. It's not like the one where I actually enjoy these. It's the the ratchet. Where it goes, you know, you go in and out, or it's not like a not like a ratchet. Um, you know what I'm talking about? It's like a slip style. Like a yeah, slip there's a questions kinda. in here that we just and I enjoy that, but yeah, we'll we'll get to the questions here. What's spit um, it? Well, someone asked what bows we were shooting, and Haas answered for us. Oh, thank you, Haas, and uh, thank you for never listening to any episodes. Have we <laughs> have we brought up that he's the only one with a WCB tattoo? Oh yeah, no, we haven't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here on podcast land, he got that tattoo yesterday. <laughs> uh, big shout out to Hoss. Big, huge shout out to Hoss. I thought you were going to say huge shout out to Big Hoss. Huge Hoss. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, we haven't talked about it, but after we did the podcast, uh, Hoss is from Ethics Archery. Okay, here. There's a, go ahead. Keep going. Steve. Okay, yeah. At the uh, at the end of that, he was telling us that you know because he drives, he drives back and forth. He's like, well, damn, you know what? I was in your area. Well, I, I said, I was like, you're in our area. You didn't say anything. He goes, well, I'm coming back through Friday. 
All right. He came and saw me do stand up, and uh, we went out drinking with him. It was a good time. A good time. It was a good time. Um, one, uh, John. I never know how to say. I never know how to say Instagram names. John C. Gus. I don't know. Maybe that's wrong. Seagus. He's a big uh, Seagulls fan, but that was taken. <laughs> Thoughts on hooking safety strap to a screw-in foot peg? Um, ooh, ooh, I need... Dude, I don't know. Here's my deal. Okay, I will say... I'll, uh, so the, no, the way I picture this is I like, got an idea. Every time you're going up, you're clipping to a new tree strap or No, screw-in. I think once he is up in there, instead of having like the strap behind him where you just clip right in behind you, you have it screwed into into the tree behind you and then you hook your your strap to oh yeah head. and okay. uh but that's that's this is what india I, osha approved <laughs> this is how i i do or used to have stands this way where i took a screwdriver i kept a like a thick screwdriver in my backpack yep and i had a farm and fleet bag full of big eye bolts i've done it I've and i thread the eye bolt into the tree behind me with the screwdriver put it in there and thread it in and that's how i Hooked it, my hook my safety strap into oh, the eye. You and know I what? A, I wrapped him in electrical tape to get rid of the noise, you know. So you just clip it in, you don't have any noise up there. As far as like one year goes, I think you. <laughs> I gotta be very careful how I say this. I don't know. That might be really, really safe. As opposed to like, you know, you're trusting your life <laughs> on a tether strap. But you let that some bitch sit in there for about two, three, four years. I I don't know. But the tree's gonna start growing around it and grow into it more. Yeah, right? I'm kind of curious, man. Is that not safe? For Made me? of wood, it's real sturdy. I still have a tree right now that still has an eyelet in it, and I still hook into it. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's safe. I I'm mean, sure that's well, probably not a bad it, idea it says on the it way holds up. Five hundred pounds, right? I don't know. Maybe. That's, what, that's what it's rated for. I right, I so will say hunt, this: don't hunt a double stand if you and your old lady uh, like to go to McDonald's a lot. I will say this: me and my dad have had screw and step snap on us. My they've been fine. We used to only exclusively hang our stands with screw and steps. And you've hunted, Eric. You've hunted with me a couple times in some of those oh, yeah. stands, and oh, they yeah. suck. They're scary to get in uh, when they get when it gets cold and icy, and you got thick clothes on. They're hard to get yep. in. And uh, my dad had a couple break on them. He's like, "Nope, I'm done." Done with them, you know. Well, the thing is, too, like I don't know if you guys have longer legs or something, but it was really hard for me to get in because I felt like a midget, you know, like trying to get into it, you know, just yeah. trying to uh, reach for it. And I didn't little know, person, and I didn't know where the next it yeah. was dark out. Yeah, your so first time going to that stand was in the dark. Yeah, and I didn't know where the next step was, so I'm trying to reach around and look for it and trying to find it with my foot. It was a disaster, but I made it. <laughs> Someone called out my happy, happy Gilmore reference. Um, nice. Where was that? Just here. Um, thoughts on where are we at here? Sorry, boys. And sorry for everyone in podcast land. Shout out their name. No, people enjoy this. I think thoughts on ozone and ozonics. Who said that? Um, H double H Hicks. Double H Hicks. Uh, um, ozone is science. It works, and whatever brand you use to buy, it's up to you. We use Scent Crusher. Um, I think Scent Crusher is a little bit uh, more. Scent um, Crusher. Scent Crusher has made it into a platform where you can use the product, and and it's easily acceptable or applicable to it. Ozonics has the tree unit, but it's like the bag that Scent Crusher has is so amazing. Absolutely love it, and the Ozone Go. Um, um, need to call out Kip Campbell and get him on the podcast. I agree. We've talked to him in person about it. You guys, all right, here, everyone who's listening out there, go to Kip Campbell's Instagram right now, <clears throat> and everyone listening, and just every time he posts something, just be, when you get to do Working Class Bowhunter podcast, <laughs> flood it. Absolutely flood it. 
Start a hashtag. When's Kip gonna do WCB? <laughs> I think that'll get his attention. If you, you guys want work? him on, if you guys want any guest on, you as a collective, you listeners, you need to get together. We need to hire like one president of the WCB fan club, and then he'll have to. You'll have to coordinate with him so you guys can like flood all these Instagram pages with if you hashtags. want someone on. So you want Jim Shockey? Hash, just hashtag Bush Latte. Leave it kind of vague. Find out, and and then when he looks into it, he'll know. God. <laughs> okay, let's. But seriously, go do that to Kip Campbell's. That'd be funnier than shit. So <laughs> we talked about the. Um, I got you, Steve. Big Hoss says we talked about like my tree stand and kind of some early season stuff going on. I guess now the coming weeks is this next week is going to get a little better. Obviously, the more season goes, the better mm-hmm. it gets, and then. Cutting into the week after that, it's going to start getting good. We're getting into late October. Well, for, Eric, let's talk about the hunt you got this this month. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, so me and Doug Schmidt, that I was just talking about before. Doug the Pug. Yep. We are heading to Missouri, Canesville, Missouri. What county is that in in Missouri? Ooh. It's, that, Mercer, it's Mercer County, Missouri. I have no idea. No, it is Mercer oh, it County. Is? Yeah, okay. I remember okay. we were talking about that. But uh, we are leaving the 20th through the 28th, and we are hunting with uh, VP. VP, you're VP. hunting with the vice president, Mike Pence? Yep. Or are you hunting with PV? PV. PV. boy. <laughs> PV. The other way around. Philip Vanderpool. Dude, yep. hey, have you guys uh, noticed, um, not, not, I don't want to cut you, cut you off, but we'll get back to that. Uh, check out Philip Vanderpool on The Virtue. Dude, like that hunt with him and uh, Larry and Clint at the Powder River where he went 7 for 7, oh, it's yeah. already up. The Virtue is doing things where they're going as live as possible. So keep this in mind. Because you're going to be hunting there with him. Yep. If uh, you or Doug kill something big, chances are within a month you'll be able to watch that live on Carbon TV. Well, not live, but the episode will go up within probably a month, three, four weeks, something like that. And big shout out to B&B Outfitters because that's where we're going. So we're going to give them a little plug right now. This is the first time that one of us gets to hunt with a big deal. Yep. Things are happening. It's Doug. Doug Schmidt deserves it. He's a good dude. Whatever. Oh, yeah. um, he needs to grow so, that mustache back. I so hate he, his face. No, without I it. made him grow the mustache <laughs> for this hunt. So, yeah, he's totally growing it. So out. who who else? Do you know who else is going to be be down there besides Philip? I do Phillip? not. I do not. I hope you kill it on there, man. Hopefully, Clint's yeah, awesome. down there. He's Clint's not going to be there. Are he's not. Con- nope. I already contacted him. Oh, damn. Well, I think awesome. we're gonna want to wrap up Instagram quick, and we'll, we'll that way you guys got to go listen to the rest of this episode. Um, but thanks everyone for. Tune in on Instagram Live. And for everyone in podcast land, I'll do you a favor and close this out. So thanks, guys. Bye, everyone on Instagram. We love you. Everyone else, thanks for listening. We're going to share that live video. So go follow us on Instagram at Working Class Bowhunter and check that out um, if you feel like seeing what we look like. I, I hope you kill a buck, man, in Missouri. I really do. Because yeah. you could kill, what, three bucks this year now? Or can you kill two in Missouri? It's yeah. It's uh, in Missouri. It is two, two buck tags and two turkey tags. Oh really? Yeah. How long is it? Is it just a year license or what? What is that? I that I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I wonder how county specific they are because it's weird how county specific I was. Uh, well, you know, especially when it comes to like county specific for their does. Because uh, we live in Scott County. Yeah, I live in Scott County, so there's only 200 doe tags for shotgun, bow, 
everything the whole season. So you pretty much have to be at Walmart or online at midnight when they open to get a doe tag. But man, they got too many damn deer over, especially in Davenport. Um, you know, I I do appreciate how they do that, but two hundred tags for. I think uh, this how many, year is right at two hundred. How many people wow. live in there? Uh, look how big that area is. Yeah, but there's, it's Davenport. There's not a ton of hundred. Well, I'm I mean, not saying Davenport. I'm talking all of Scott County. Oh, I don't know. But what know. about other counties? Because well, other counties there's a lot. Because like uh, I got a property in uh, Muscatine County, so like there's times where we went the day before season end, and there's still doe tags left. Oh, really? I think okay. there was like eight hundred some there. So each county is different. Per I guess the DNR goes around and takes a survey of some t- some sort, and then about how, how they, they want to keep the deer herd right, and that's healthy. how they base their doe tags. Again, I, and I appreciate that, but again, you know, you go to Illinois where it's go nuts, blow them all away, and that that to me is dumb. I think Illinois could go have a bit of a doe limit. Maybe you only get two tags. Oh, we're getting echoey. We're getting echoey. Say so you you can only get two two doe tags a year, right? Which is absolutely fine. I mean, there's people who are who get pissed, like, man, I shoot about nine, ten doe, and I've heard of guys shooting nine or ten does. See, that's the, crazy. Like, what to the, me, what but... the hell are you doing, man? And then you, they're they're the people bitching and saying, you know, all these uh, deer herds or uh, these deer diseases are wiping out the deer herd. Well, well, damn, dude. You hunt 70 acres and you killed 10 does off there? What the hell do you think? Right. Well, there's some counties down southern Iowa that have a shitload of doe tags, so like yeah. 2,000 plus. So it's, which I think it's a great deal that they're going out and kind of making a observation of how many deer are in that county to kind of keep the deer herd balanced. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what's kind of, kind of nice about Illinois, too, is we have like, you know, a statewide doe tag uh it's you know you get the you get the combo and i i don't know i i go back and forth because i did get to hunt in iowa one year and i thought it was really cool the way they set it up but i like how you can kill i like i like how the pressure isn't on as bad mm-hmm. um and i like how either direction i go from where i live there's thousands of acres of public land yeah. no matter which direction you go I'm back. Welcome back. <laughs> I took a bathroom break and I come back and they just stare at me like, hi. Hey, Hello, hey, Chris. Chris. How you doing? I missed everything you guys were talking about. Uh, we were just, we're just talking just... difference, Illinois, Iowa. Kind of like the doe tag set up. Because got, we got a statewide doe tag here. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can hunt anywhere and, and kill a doe. But is it unlimited doe tag? Like you can go and buy them whenever you want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, really? arch- for archery, yeah. Yep. So that's a, you know, it's just, th- there's some little nice things about Illinois, but again, the having it, like we just, we were talking about how it's unlimited here, um, Curtis. Yeah. No, he's busy, dude. He's, nope, playing, he's playing Angry Birds. I'm multitasking. <laughs> I'm multitasking. <laughs> yeah, angry it's like, birds. you know, that's why Iowa has continued to have such a strong population of deer, but Illinois has just a strong one, and it's... I bet if they met in the middle, you know, maybe some good things could could happen, especially in Illinois, um, more so in Iowa. I think if Iowa allowed some more deer to get taken, I think there would be some, uh, you know, I, I think the hel- herd might be a little bit healthier, but 
again, dude, there's certain times where you're driving, especially around Eddyville. Um, I remember when I used to have to drive there, especially. Was this Iowa? And, yeah. yeah. I, yeah I, I don't Iowa. know. I don't. Even though we live right next to Iowa, I'm a foreigner, man. I, oh, don't, yeah. I know nothing about uh, Iowa. This is like kind of southern, south, uh, eh, southeastern Iowa. So Eddyville, Atumwa, home of Tom Arnold, and nothing else. <laughs> when dude, you Tom would drive there. Arnold. Yeah, you know Tom Arnold. <laughs> yeah, I know who he yeah, is. Yeah, he's from uh, Atumwa. But yeah, you so dr- you drive down there, and dude, you'd see a lot of deer just. Just more driving. than more than you would see, like if you were driving down to say like Peoria or something like that. It's just it's one of those one of those things. I mean, I think that both states could learn from each other, and this is something that oh, isn't sure. new. We've said this shit on the podcast probably uh, hundreds million of times. times. Let's talk about this since we're I'm, I'm changing gears. Hear me shifting. Well, bam, we uh, so right now we're <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't hear that turbo hiss. We're early season. Um, just over a weekend, but it, doesn't it not feel like season's been open for a while? Yeah, it, it, it does. It does. Like I, I kind of feel like pressured. I'm like, oh shit, but I'm well, like, no, yeah. it's not. Dude, even... here's the thing. For me, it's felt like a fucking eternity. Uh, because season opened on a Sunday. That was weird. That might be why. Yeah, and it's because you got to hunt one day, and then you had to go back to work, and then you had to go back to work, and you know, especially for me, my situation, I didn't hunt Saturday or Sunday, but I did end up getting out. I think Wednesday, and then I got out yesterday. So it's it, it's kind of weird because, you know, on a normal working man schedule, season been open about two weeks. I've got to hunt four days. Right, right. They just haven't been consistent. So it's been kind of one of those things that, okay, now I'm seeing deer. And, I, of course, I hunted the morning of opening morning, which was rocking. I saw a ton of deer. Didn't get to get a good shot at any of them. Uh, but a couple small deer, and it just gives you hope. And then I've hunted, uh, you know, two afternoons. Uh, so, no, I've only got out three times. Well, I think it's just weird but, for me because all last year from opening day till closing day, I was laid off. So I could literally go hunting whenever I wanted to. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, the nice thing for me this year, like last year I didn't have vacation. And I was fortunate enough to kill my buck uh, November 6th, like on the, on the weekend. So if, that takes a lot of pressure off you for the working class where you're like, shit, now when am I going to take my vacation days? Um but right now, it's like we talked earlier. We got these bucks on cam that we're wanting to uh, wanting to get on, but you know you can't do much about them. When right now, there's a lot of like nighttime photos, um, maybe active on a scrape. They're not move. Bucks aren't moving in daylight like you want. Um, typical early season whitetail mm-hmm. jargon. Blah blah blah. We all know yeah. that spiel. And then you hear everyone talk about. There's one thing I want to discuss, and then I want to transition into. Something we talked about earlier, we did an Instagram live earlier about someone said, "How do I make a buck move in daylight?" Oh, okay, yeah, because um, I gotta, yeah, we'll bring that up. One thing is, I can't remember what article I saw it on. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna offend someone, but it was the October lull, <laughs> and the October lull for a lot of people, it's a real thing. They talk about it. The Drury's talk about the October lull. They do. Is is the October lull? Pull up the, the thirteen. And juries are legends in the game. There's no doubt about that. I highly respect the juries. And the juries say something, you better you better listen to it and kind of consider what they're saying because they're not idiots. They've Did got you this, see that deer they, that uh, find the thirteen mark shot? I'm yeah, on he it. shot a nice one. So see if the October lulls in there. <laughs> it's phase three. The October lull of deer. So this is a mossy. Is there a description there? Uh, actually, we're going to. I hope I don't just pull up like where they go to the show. So okay, hold on. They're thinking phase three, October thirteenth through October. Be, be, before does it have a description about what it is? 
Do they describe what the October lull is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is that phase breakdown. Yeah, it has um, it, though. But you could read that. Okay. So I want to make my point, and then I want you to okay, read that. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and maybe maybe this, because we're, we're doing this on the fly. This is not scripted. So this might show me up. But I saw a post by someone. I can't remember who it was. Um, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but I disagree in certain circumstances. They said, the October lull doesn't exist. If you think the October, October lull is a thing, you don't understand deer movement. Okay. So they say, if I understood it right, is the October lull doesn't exist. You don't understand deer movement, or you don't know how to hunt deer in October. So read me what October lull says. Okay, so October lull. Uh, Get your mic there. Good job. The, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to here, podcasting. I was trying to grab a beer, so forgive me. The tactics. Don't waste any time. Uh, avoid hunting your best spots. Transition Transition cameras to scrapes. Strike on major weather fronts. Weather trumps moon. So make the moon great again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make the moon cheese again. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. That's uh, that's all they got. Okay. Is because that kind of like it, an it, are you, all year uh, thing? But that was a description well, of the uh, well, episode. So I'll get, uh, I think I'll get a better breakdown. So this, what I saw online, I wish I could remember it. So I'm not helping my case here. They said they don't understand deer movement or hunt deer in October. There is no October lull, essentially, which I get what they're saying, but. At the same time, yeah, a deer might be doing something different. So say I am experiencing a wall, for instance, and I hunt 30 acres. Well, I have – I can actually give you a really good example because I am that guy. I hunt 30 acres, and I have like – I have 20 trail cams out right now. So – and I checked all of these on there, and I, have, I haven't had any deer through that 30 acres since – dude, it's It's sad. I, I can't hit like mid September. I had a few does through there. It's sad. It is sad. Bad. It's really bad. So if I'm sitting there and the deer aren't moving through there and I'm like, Oh, the October lull, which could be the case. The deer aren't there, whatever. And then I got this guy going, you don't know how to hunt October. Well, if my property isn't going to hold deer early October and they're not cutting through there once the crops out, which is the circumstance, this is where I killed my buck last year. So that's yeah. how I know this, is how it works. It's a rut spot. It's a travel area from one place to another. Right. Um, so to generalize that heavily and say you don't know how to hunt deer in October or the October holes on a real thing, it's, well, maybe if you have a 1,000 acres at your disposal, because if they're not here, they're over there, yeah. and you move and adjust, and you can kill a buck there, probably. Here, I I pulled up the article that will – so here's that here, the, the article I'm discussing? No, this is the, uh, the – from Mossy Oak. This is, um, this is the Terry Drury on Phase 3. I can never pronounce her name. I always sound like I'm having a stroke. Drury. Drury. <laughs> Let me see if I can find that article while you read that. Okay, so what they say here, uh, during the October lull of deer season, this is in the middle of the paragraph, so. <clears throat> okay. About 95% of the deer's movements occur at night. We start seeing a lot of scrapes at this time, and we know the scrapes are being made at night. The deer no longer come to green fields during daylight, but do stay in their bedding areas. During the lull, they have micro home ranges uh, in their they're in hard horn. Okay, uh, they're a little indecisive about where they want to spend most of their time. See, Kurt. By this time, the pecking order of the bucks is usually established. An individual deer's personality isn't much different than the hunter's personality. Some older age bucks are very aggressive. Uh, they have to overemphasize their dominance. They'll fight uh, any buck that acts like he wants to have a challenge to the dominant buck. Really and truly, at this time of the year, I guess you could say, some of these mature bucks are just looking for a fight. 
Okay, which, I found what I was referring to. I feel kind of bad, but I'm going to call it how it is. Um, our, I'm, I know Dan Johnson very slightly from the Nine Fingers Chronicles. He posted on October 10th, in quotes, someone else's quote, J.J. P-U-G-H. More like P-U on this thing. Am this I is right? what it says. The October lull is an excuse for people that don't know how to hunt outside of the rut. It's just a lack of knowledge and understanding of deer behavior. Over And then, then uh, Nine Fingers says, Over the next week and a half, you will start seeing videos, articles, and comments pop up about the October lull. In my opinion, it's all bullshit. If you're not seeing deer movement, you're not in the right spot. Pretty simple. Could be, but the right spot may not be on your property. And you can't do anything about that if that's the case. Well, that's true. I, I get what he's saying, but for the average guy that hunts 30 acres, the right spot may not be your ground. Yeah. So in your perfect example, there's a goddamn October lull going on. And I mean, I get it. I get what he's saying. I get his point. Yeah. But at the same time, my I got a I got a lull on my property as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, does that make sense? Well, then, oh, dude, yeah. you know you can use that excuse like, "Hey, man, what happened?" <clears throat> nah, it was a Saturday lull. <laughs> I mean, we didn't see deer. Nah, dude, it's Sunday think... lull, man. Hey, that's why Pennsylvania doesn't hunt Sundays because everybody knows deer know when they're being hunted, right, Eric? So yep. all my yep. Pennsylvania homies can. Uh, attest to this dear know that every day that the working man is working in that goddamn steel mill okay boss is making them work six days a week so and back to what they we know that they're gonna get hunted on sunday that's the sunday lull am so, i not too far so, off but but basically i, I just ignore everything you said because i don't care but it's <sighs> it's interesting honest. i think the october lull is a thing because I've hunted, uh, I would say, a lot of different properties. I've hunted several different properties. I've hunted Fulton County, Rock Island County, Mercer County, yeah. uh, Warren County. Um, I've, I've hunted a lot of different counties, and and I experienced the same dead area in October. Not for long. I've killed bucks mid-October. I've killed a good handful of bucks mid-October. Um, but things do slow down. Um, for sure. I think the October was a thing to, to generalize that heavily and be like, you don't know how to hunt deer in October outside of the, or you don't know how to hunt deer out of the rut. That's kind of like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, but you can't say like the, the, the lull is going to hit throughout the country the whole time. I here's mean, my the thing. same time. Here's my, here's another thing too, is, uh, like you see all these people talk about, like I talked about this pack and sand I bought that I'm trying. And we'll see what happens. And I like to stay mobile, and that works for me. But I can't tell you that. I can't tell someone else you don't know how to hunt out of the rut, but I do because the October lull is not a thing. If if someone is telling you that every time they go out and hunt, they better kill a buck, right? And every time that I'm like, this is my setup, this is what I do. I pass this buck. I'm on this deer right now. Well, you better kill him because the way you're talking to me. You better fucking get on them because if you don't, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. You don't know how to hunt. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you get what I'm saying? Like, oh, don't, for sure. For it's sure. all property based. Well, everyone, this, that is, shit. this is online. Everyone swings their dick around about how good of a deer hunter they are. And unless you're Bill Winky and you kill a super giant <laughs> every year, dick and Winky. don't tell me shit. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like, yeah, there's ideas of things that people know. Like, yeah, this is what the deer are doing this and this and this. Well, if you know, you should kill a deer every I bet other day. That, I bet this dude. I bet this dude is the. the who type are you of talking guy about? Gets, Just, are you generalizing? Or are you talking I'm generalized. About I'm generalizing okay. about the guy. You got to be clear. I'm generalizing. Guy about on social media. The guy. Oh, uh, hashtag or not hashtag. Uh, finger air quotes. The guy. 
the guy on those forums, that's the guy who has had some really good, well, it's unfortunate because he's having the good luck. He's had that good luck, and he, you know, it's, he's had some property where he's been able to harvest big bucks. Oh, I'm not saying, why am I saying harvest? He's, he's killed them. He's killed big bucks in the middle of October, and for him, it's, oh, yeah, dude, no, there's no October low. It's like, no, dude, you you just happen to be where the bucks were. You well, probably, could, would, but, you probably just, couldn't. but that guy would turn around and argue, I know how to hunt deer outside the rut. All right, do it on public land then. It's true. If you ever want to say, but, but you know how I, to kill deer, go do it on public land. Then I'll believe you. Well, then I'll believe you. I think I there's a lot of a, arguments on your thing. Yeah, like it, it's oh, there's too much dick winky. There's too many gen, too many generalizations. I think that's the October lull exists. Listeners, let us know what do you think. Do you think that if if you think there's an October lull, you don't know how to hunt deer outside the rut? Give us a yes or no. If you think that's true? I think it's too generalized. Um, I kind of get the slight point that's trying to be made there, but I think yes, deer can be killed anytime in October. I've done it. And it's I've done yeah. it. it's not impossible. Hey, but check, but check it out. I'll say it's a lot, hell of a lot harder. Yeah, but hey, sure. but, but let me ask you this: uh, Do you have uh, do you have fun even when you're hunting in the October lull? Of course. Well, okay, then this guy Every can go time. fuck himself because <laughs> right, he's it's up. all about. He's up. Okay, it's another thing we're talking about: fun, man. That's it's what's all about, dude. All right, switching gears. Hear me? That was you, a blow off you, out. You what was fifth, that? Hey, you're in dude, fifth now? Kurt, you didn't pull it. Dude, you didn't push your clutch and you powered shifted through that. Yeah. <laughs> double clutching, not granny shift. Or granny shifted, not double clutching like you should. Okay, Vin Diesel. God. So, um, another, like, we talked about this on an Instagram live is someone asked, how do I make a buck move in daylight? And my answer was... And, you know how to hunt the lull is how you do it. <laughs> and by me saying this, I'm not saying you're guaranteed anything because you're not. And it may work, it may not. But I'd say your best chances of getting on a buck that is pretty much completely nocturnal, nocturnal. which is like the buck, the freak, the buck I call freak buck, is he's nocturnal right now. He's showing up at midnight. Huh. Um, in my area, he's showing up at midnight. Um, he might be somewhere else, be somewhere else during the day. I don't know. I'm assuming he's beds all day and he shows up in my area at midnight. So a buck's nocturnal. And if say, you know, the best chance of getting that buck earlier in the season, besides the rut, I would say get close to his bedding area without causing pressure. Know what wind he likes to move on and get him right out of his bed with enough light to get an arrow in him. Also, I would say um, anytime the wind is going to shift hard. Uh-huh. Um, so if you look at, say you have hunt stand app or whatever app you use, let us know what you use. I'm curious. I'm kind of looking for a different app besides hunt stand just to try something else. But if you say you're looking at your wind cone and from three o'clock to four o'clock, you have a complete 180 or pretty hard 90 degree change in wind. And you have an idea of where this buck beds. Well, maybe that wind change that's happened wherever he may bedding compared to where the wind's blowing. Maybe that wind change is going to have him to get up and change to make that wind yeah. work in his favor because, say, the wind's blowing one way, that works for him great in his bedding area. Then the wind changes. It no longer works for him. Well, he's got to get up and move to have that wind work for him again. So if you have a stand somewhere in between where he's going to bed from one spot to another during that wind change, that, in my opinion, is your best spot to kill a buck early season. And um, I, will, I will say, if you have a buck on camera you know at certain times and you want to look up the wind or what's going on yep. 
Weather Underground. How'd you figure that out, Eric? I, it's from little, Byron. Little inside baseball, a bullshit. You heard it from Byron originally. Yep. But who had to keep reminding you and Kurt about what that website was? Was Byron the first one that brought that yes. up? Yeah, they were Which talking I about it. I downloaded the app that night, but then I got on. Shout out Byron, White, the White Tail Byron Horton. Yep. But on the, uh, like the actual computer, I printed out when that big buck we were talking mm-hmm. about, when he showed up. I was like, okay. I pulled up that date and printed it out, and it was six pages of weather detail. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Anytime I see a decent deer on camera, and I don't got the best property, but anytime I see a decent deer, that's the first thing that I stop looking and I go look at that app. I'm like, okay. That's why I was going to ask you, Kurt. Like, if if this buck's showing up quite a bit at night, like, is he heading in the same direction every time? Pretty much, yeah. And then have you checked those nights of what, when direction he's traveling? I need to. Um, the one time I have him in daylight was mid-September. He was in that spot at 9 a.m. He's been over, like, one day he was there. Was it that freakishly cold day we had in September where it gave us just a hint of fall and then it went to <laughs> devil's butthole hot? It might have been. I'll have to check. I haven't done that. I haven't bothered so heavily with it, Eric, because it's been midnight. You know, right. I have a lot of bucks in the dark in the middle of the night, like two, like midnight to three in the morning. And what I did, I did sort of the same thing you did with that Weather Underground app. Shout out Byron Horton, what the White Tail Experience. I uh, went through all my daylight photos. I went through and went the time, daylight pictures of bucks. Yep. I went through, did the time, and looked at the wind at that time because you can break it down by hour. And yeah, that's how I yeah. calculated so it. So that's what I'm doing right now is every, every buck I have during the day, I take that picture from the trail camera, print it out, and then I'll print out that everything from that day and set it on my desk so every buck i have in daylight has a stack of papers nice so eventually if i get enough of them i can break them down and be like okay that's badass i just want to play the i just want to no. what's the you know like what's similar here within all these bucks and why are they moving during the day where i can go and say okay the pressure's rising from 29 or whatever. I just want to cut to, right. like, the law and order, ching, ching, and then just Eric looking at all these. <laughs> it's all oh, black yeah. and white. He's smoking yeah. a cigarette for some reason. <laughs> Legs crossed. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my that's my theory right now. I don't know if it's a good one or not, but no, that's, I, that's, cool. that's what I'm doing is printing every picture out in the weather, all the weather data, and then I can lay them all out and say, okay, this is similar, this is similar, this is similar. Right. Well, let's be honest right now. Like, early season, the way to hunt early October, the first few weeks of season, is when there's cold weather, Get you hunt. out there, Like yeah. Sunday. Like, yeah. Like oh, last Sunday's night. My ass will be out Sunday. Yesterday we had a... Well, hopefully it's in some pants because it's going to be nippy out there. So, Yesterday we had from the yesterday the day we I went hunting the day prior we had a twelve degree drop in temperature oh, yeah. roughly and uh, a north it actually was northwest I kept saying it was north it was northeast earlier but, yeah and, and then I, it changed in northwest I get out there and I took my little scent crusher grenade and I'm like what what the hell was Kurt smoking dude I'm like this is not a northeast it must have north. changed well I checked where my property was and yeah and I, I did. I was busier than shit, and you called me. You're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Well, after I leave here, I'm gonna go up to the hospital." And I, I, I love this response because it got a levy to death. And you know, my old man, I, I didn't know what condition he was in because the past couple of days I'd seen him, dude. He'd been sedated, and I admit I will talk to him. So I was like, "Well, hell, I'm just gonna go see my dad. He's just gonna be under laying on a table, shit ton of tubes in him. It's probably gonna take five minutes." 
And you're like, well, how long is that going to take? <laughs> <laughs> you need to get your ass out there and hunt. And I'm like, yeah, I do. So I, I didn't realize that. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. No, it's like, you know, when I got out there, he was actually conscious. And I was able to have a conversation with him. But I ended up getting out. And, yeah, as soon as I got out there, I was like, what the? And I'm, like, squeezing the that thing. I'm like, and I started getting excited. I go, oh, dude, was this a wind change or something? Like, I got excited. Like, hey, maybe something big might be moving through. But then I looked through and, like, I, I, I did the W Underground app. And I was like, dude, what the hell was Kurt talking about? I swear. I, I <laughs> this, swear my hunt stand told me northeast. But the like, Crusher grenade is amazing, by the way. It works great because you can oh see the God. wind swirl all the way through. I'll do it in my house, and it starts swirling. Mm-hmm. And, like, you Weird. can't feel a, a breeze at all. Furnace ain't on. AC ain't on. Yeah. Push that thing, all of a sudden it starts swirling in there. You can like, see what the wind's doing yeah. exactly. I like it. I'm, too. Sur- I'm surprised you don't see a bunch of zeros and ones since this is all created by the Matrix and we're not even real. That was so deep. That was too deep, dude. Um, but you know, there's a lot of season left. It's easy to. Uh... I know. Oh, can... let's talk about my dough. We didn't discuss the dough. No, we didn't. Before we we close out. Last weekend, it was a really windy day here in Illinois, and if you were out, you know what day. I get out of my truck, I park it in this low spot, and I look over, as I pull up, I look over to the right, and there's this tree falls over as I pull up. And I'm like, whoa. That's Which, kinda, that's always kind of a freaky, because I've had that happen before, where, you know, you're just sitting there in the, you're sitting there in the stand, and all of a sudden, like, a huge branch just falls, or a tree falls. It's like, right. okay, like. It's weird. Like, why did that just happen? So when I, as I pulled up, this tree fell, and I'm like, "Whoa, that's kind of trippy." Like, <laughs> you know, it's windy. Though. I'm like, "Man, being the stand I was going to is super high up." I'm like, "That's crazy." So I get out, take my bow out of the case, put everything together, get everything in. I throw my harness on; it's all clanking together, and I had it all. It was all twisted, so I like undid it, fixed it. I get to walk, and I don't even have my release or anything on. I'm just kind of like, I got a long hike. Like, I'm just gonna. To do mm-hmm. mosey along. It wasn't through the timber or anything, so I didn't expect to like jump something and be able to get a sure. shot. I'm 20 yards from my truck. I look over and there's a doe standing there, like 20, 25 yards. I hit the ground. Boom. I look up. I'm like mature doe. Didn't see my truck somehow. I don't. I think it was just so windy. She just was like in that tree fell and made her stand up that she was like disoriented. Just didn't know what was going on. Didn't know what was going on. I reach in, put my release on, knock an arrow. Make sure my HHA was on the 20-yard dial. I'm like, okay, here it is. It's go time. So I look. I double-checked, made sure it was mature Because I'm like, that's got to be like a young deer because it's not. It didn't run. Like, how did it not see me? Super weird. Like, super weird. I don't understand how it didn't. But it didn't see me. So I look over. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stand and draw at the same time. I stand and draw. I'm like, yeah, that's like probably right about 20 yards. I shoot. I hear thwack. And she runs off, and she's in this little strip of timber that runs north-south. There's a bean field on the on the west side, bean field on the east side. And I'm looking, looking through. It gets kind of thick in there. I'm like, damn, I double-lunged her, smoked her. She's got to be down right there. She didn't go to any – she didn't go – I didn't see her exit either side of the timber. So I waited like 15, 20 minutes, called my dad. I shot a doe from the ground. That was crazy. Like, I'm 20 yards from my truck. I can't believe it. Like, I'm going to go in there, clean her, put her in the truck, tag her. And then go take get, her to Smith's. And then I'll go hunt the rest of the night, then take her to Smith's when I get done. And uh, so I'm like, okay. Like, I double lung smoked her. I'm sure she just piled up right up here. I didn't hear it because it's so windy. So I, was, right. oh, I didn't hear her yeah. fall. Sure. So I get in there. I couldn't find my arrow because it was in like this tall grass. And I look over and find blood. I'm like, oh, that's good. Bright red blood. Like, 
Yeah, she's right up here, double under. I'm sure it'll pick up. I get a little further. She gets up and runs out into the field. And I get knocked down, look at it through my binos, and she's just standing there. I can see the hole right behind the shoulder, maybe a touch low, but not like, not a belly graze. Right. And I can see the hole, and I shot her with a Muzzy HB um, hybrid, and I can see the hole, I can see the cut from the, the two expandable blades, like, and it was vertical. So the yeah. cut wasn't, or the arrow cutter was vertical. I could see it. I could see her bleeding out of it. But she's too far away to launch another arrow, obviously, it, right? If I would have been on the tree line, I could have, but I didn't want to run out to the tree line and have right. her spook. Yep. So I let her do her thing. I was hoping she was going to bed down in the field. Right. So I sit there and watch her like 15, 20 minutes standing there. And, I'm, and I can see her dripping blood. And I'm like, go down. What the hell? Nothing. And then she slowly walks into the timber, and I never found her. In the abyss? Into the abyss. And I don't know if I caught one lung with the angle. I was a little above her, not much, though, because she was kind of like in a, not really a ravine. I might have been five foot above her. So and you're I, saying you might have just shot low enough where you might have just barely clipped the lung, maybe? Clipped the bottom lobe of the lung. It would be her left lung. I hit her on her left side. And, I, I, and arrow passed through. It wasn't in her. I watched her. I saw the arrow. I sent you guys that diagram in, in our yeah. group chat of where that arrow was at. I watched her for 20 minutes. I'm like, there's that arrow. I'm Even like, Mark Reif was like, that's a dead doe. Like, yeah, he goes, saw the blood. Everyone was. Yeah, so it's, it's the, the lung, for sure lung, it was a bubbly, bright red lung blood. I have a big picture of the spot where she was standing. And I'm like, man, I felt horrible because I'm like, I want to go in and get another shot on her. Sure. Never found her. And I mean, a deer can live on one lung. I've seen it happen, but it's just one of those things, man. I'm like, what the hell? It amazes you. And I felt so bad about it, but it's, I think subconsciously because she was on death comp five alert because of the wind. And you know, that look when a deer standing there and they're looking every direction type oh, deal. Sure, yeah. That's what she was. Doing. And then she saw me once I stood up. So I'm like, Oh, maybe like I held a little low on her expecting her to drop, but she didn't drop. And it, I don't know. I can't explain. Did it. you ever find the arrow? No, I never found it. It's, no. it's, dude, it was so thick in there. Yeah. Where she was at, I could see the bed spot she was in. It was a big, wide bed mm-hmm. spot. So I could sure. tell she'd been better there probably all day because of the wind and stuff, whatever. And, uh, I looked all over, but you know what I mean? When you shoot a deer, it could bounce up or bounce whatever way. Yeah. Any so, direction. So I never found the arrow, but I'm just like, ah, I can't explain that. So, and I've, I've hit one buck low like that before. That looked right in the wheelhouse. I found him. There. I went yeah. back. I went back the next morning and looked and couldn't find her. Um, and of course I couldn't find blood, so I didn't have. I had great blood at the time. It was weird. And you always hear those stories. Like well, we've talked about that before. Like how much blood do they actually have to lose to a lot yeah, more? I than think you think. looked it up, didn't you, Steve? Yeah. How what much was it? it was uh, like so many pints shit, per dude, it was damn pound near close or something. To like how much? They're they're an animal that. They've adapted to survive, dude. They've been getting killed. Well, there is no... You can't bust out. But thinking about this, a story that always popped in my head uh, that I think about a lot is when I was younger, our buddy Jim Burns has just killed some studs. He's a stud white to hunter. He's hunted forever. We got to get him on. We will definitely. So we got Papa Dave's house. We'll podcast with him there. He said, the biggest deer I've ever shot with my bow came in at 20 yards and I swear I heart shot him. He's like, I, I, after I shot him, I'm like, that deer's going to run over there and die. And he said there was a berm, a dirt berm, like grassy berm. He said he ran over to the berm, the deer did, stopped and looked around. And he said he could, through his binos, could see this deer bleeding. 
out of the hole. And he's like, that looks like a heart shot. It's close. It's in there. He said the deer kind of stumbled a little bit and then kind of fastly walked around the berm. He said he waited till dark. He's like, that deer went down around the berm is what he thought. Right. He waited till dark, got down, found a big spot of lung blood right there where that deer had stopped. And he said that he was no more blood after that. And he never found it. And that's all I could think about during this situation. I'm like, it's just, there was some witchcraft shit going on that night damn. with that tree falling. And then this Dude, damn Thunderbird came picking him up. I'm surprised that every time you didn't, <laughs> didn't go through there and you found like uh, rocks placed in a perfect circle. Well, there was like these like stick figurines Nothing? tied up with like twine that looked like children. Oh, thank weird. God you were on it, dude. I thought you were just no selling me. You were on it right away. Damn, dude. I have no idea what you guys are talking Kurt, about. Was it so. Kurt's selfie, dude? He was, uh, I'm, so, I'm so cold. It's I'm not. so cold and there's snot coming out. Thank God you're on that like I am. Eric, I have no idea. Oh, my God. No idea. So, hey, tell you what, tell you what, if you can guess, if you can tell, tell us what me and Kurt are talking about. On this podcast, we will send you out some uh, some of the all uh, all weather stickers. If you can, first person, first person to tell us what we're referencing, we'll get you some stickers. Just uh, DM us and send us your address. Slide into our DMs. Okay, so I mean, but that's the thing. Like, it's that's bow hunting. You know, it's that's the reality of it. Sometimes that shit happens. You can't explain it. My only explanation is I my angle got to where I low one lunger. And then the other side went out low below the other lung. That's were, were you and you were you said level ground with her, right? Or were you well, I was probably a little bit higher than she was, but not much. It was weird. Yeah. And those broadheads cause destruction. I have no doubt in those broadheads. So I don't oh, I've seen some of the blood. Like, I could see the hole. <laughs> like I could see the hole. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. the it opened. There's that no did, question that. if my broadhead performed, I could see the hole. Hey, seeing the hole is what you want on a Saturday night. But I will say this, though. <laughs> if I wouldn't have had my binos on me, I would have had no idea what had happened. Right. But I, I swear, those binos are the best investment I've made. Hey, what, what binos was, did you get? Uh, Nikon Pro Staffs, I think I bought. Nikon Pro Staffs 7s. I, I was using uh, uh, Bequeath's. Um, I, I, I went out with him. We were, we were kind of scouting some deer. Uh, he had the Vortex Diamondbacks. Dude, you talk about a comfortable bino, dude. Oh, man. I, well, I bought nice. the Cabela's brand, the HD ones. Yeah, we went out there the week before season. We were out there scouting deer, drinking Molson in the horse pasture. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I had a pair of Bushnells before, and Doug actually had the same pair I had before. And he's like, hey, look through these old Bushnells. He's like, I don't know how we survived with these. And I like looked through them. I'm like, holy dog shit. Like, these are... <laughs> Blurry as hell compared to the Cabela's brand we have. Our so. buddy Scotty Sullivan shot a doe tonight. Did he? Good work, Scotty. Yep. Oh boy. Of course he's uh he thinks he's sponsored by everyone in the world. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I always give him shit. But uh yeah, fifteen yards he said. Perfect. Um So yeah. I think we gotta wrap this up on that note. We'll end it on a doe kill. Is that the entrance hole or the exit hole? I don't know. It's quartering away, so Big mature doe. Damn, that's a big name. Oh, congrats, Scotty! And he's got our uh, he's got our stickers all over his stabilizer, so that's awesome. But um, yeah, we'll end it there. Good luck to everyone next week, or from this week till the next episode. Hopefully, we can check back into you. Say we got some deer down, and hopefully, oh. you can think the same. What's oh. up, dude? We oh. almost forgot to mention so far the emails we got. The luck of the podcast. Oh yeah, a moose is down. A moose is down with our hat on it. Uh, our good bu- <laughs> our good buddy Jack shot one mm-hmm. from uh, shout five out five seasons. Shout out five seasons. Yep. Uh, Chip City's involved with that deal. That's awesome. 
Jeremy Mayer. Is that how you pronounce his name? I believe that's how you say his last name. Big ass elk down. Big elk down. Bow hunter sticker right in the truck. I might be going to Wyoming in September with him. Next September? Mm hmm. For my birthday. Attaboy. Elk, what are you going to do? Kill elk one elk. on your birthday, and that light will be red for six months. It'd be awesome. Elk will I, die. Dude, I six think months. so. I, I think it six should months. be. Well, yeah. September 6th for six months. Yep. Yeah. We'll do it. Okay, so that's what we got planned. The, the, but the luck of the podcast. I know you guys have been asking. Oh, uh, Kevin Dye. He got some dope. He, got shot he asked. Dope. He goes, "Hey, can I get the blessing of the luck of the podcast?" And Kurt goes, "I sprinkle it on you." He shot a doe. I sent him. <laughs> I sent him the picture of the red sign. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> and, he, yeah. and he goes, "We're not worthy. We're not worthy." <laughs> and he smoked a doe. So, guys, the luck of the podcast. It's uh, real. I just. I think we give too much of it out, and I need to give some to myself. Well, no, no, no. Hell sprinkle no. some it's, on me. That's Both not what it's about. No, give me some. No. I need some. No. I need give me some. it. Give me some. Oh, too much. We hand it out. We can't have you used it. I didn't get any. You killed a doe last weekend. You guys didn't sprinkle anything on me. Yeah, no, you had I it already. Said, I sprinkled a little crack <laughs> cocaine on you. I was hoping you get busted by the cops. <laughs> the no, DNR. <laughs> if you guys kill something, though, send us pictures for sure. Yeah, Definitely. and say luck of the podcast, because if you're listening to this podcast, Hashtag you go out, luck of the podcast. you're going to be listening to this on Friday or for the working man Friday night, Saturday morning or Saturday night for the working man. You're going to go out there and go smoke something. And, uh, hell, hey, tell you what, if you smoke some barbecue, send us luck at the podcast because we enjoy seeing that <laughs> shit, <us> over. <laughs> okay, thanks, everyone, for listening. Go shoot your bow. It's that time. Put an arrow through your critter. We love you. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.